Good evening, everyone. Thank you for coming. We'll read from Srila Deva Goswami's Krishna Sandarva, uh, 64th Anucheta. Uh, this section of the Krishna Sandarva is dealing with um, evidences in support of the Parivas Sutra, Parivas Sutra being Krishna Stu Bhagavan Swayam. Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Um, as I explained last time we spoke here, uh, this concept of the Swayam Bhagavan nature of Krishna is unique to Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Uh, other Gaudiya, other Vaishnava sects, uh, for the most part, are conceive they conceive of the highest manifestation of the Supreme Lord as uh, Narayan and Vaikuntha and all other incarnations are coming uh, from Narayan. So the Gaudiya perspective is a little different uh, and we have much evidence to support our perspective and Jiva Goswami has compiled that evidence uh, extensively in this Krishna Sandarbha, which deals specifically with this one little pada, Krishna Stu Bhagavan Swayam. So we're at, this, at the part of the Krishna Sandarbha where Jiva Goswami is fortifying this statement just as a king enters a battlefield and he's fortified by his elephants, by his cavalry, by his charioteers, and by his infantry. So Jiva Goswami is fortifying this statement in different ways. He's, first of all, already fortified it by statements uh, that are similar, that basically convey the same idea as Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam that exists within the Bhagavat Purana, the Srimad Bhagavatam, and other uh, literatures, Puranas, and uh, Upanishads. So now he's in the second, we're looking at the second division of his army, if we're to look at that allegory and apply it. And this one is, he's showing in this section that all the major narrations of the Srimad Bhagavatam point to Krishna. So his position is, it has to be seen as supreme in the presentation of the Bhagavat Purana. Jiva has already shown in the Tattvansandarbha that the Bhagavat Purana, the Srimad Bhagavatam, is the topmost praman. And from our Gaudiya perspective, it's different to look, difficult to look at it as anything less than that. Specifically because we're, we accept that the Bhagavat Purana is the mature commentary on the Vedanta Sutra by the author himself, Srila Vyasudeva. And we also accept the Srimad Bhagavatam as a Samadhi Bhashya. In other words, it, 
it's it's coming from Srila Vyasudeva after his mature experience of transcendence in samadhi. So it's it's unique. And if if there's anything to be learned from our Gaudiya tradition, it is that we want to experience firsthand spirituality. Our goal as Gaudiyas, coming in the line of disciplic succession from Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, is to enter into samadhi or have direct audience with the Supreme Lord. And our Acharyas have laid out a very careful plan as to how we can accomplish that. It may seem far, far off in the distance, <laughs> in a galaxy way far away. <laughs> we may have to travel billions of light years. But it's attainable. It's attainable by the grace of this Sampradaya. It's available by the grace of the dispensation of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and it's attainable by the grace of the Guru. And uh, that's going to come up. I don't know if we'll get there tonight, but there's there's some verses that are very very firm as to firm in the very beginning of the Srimad Bhagavatam as to how much spiritual potency lies in the sadhus to bestow transcendent experience upon us. Now in the beginning, the experience is we have to clear a little dirt away. Who knows how long that will take. Uh, But who cares how long it takes? The sooner the better, but as long as we know we're going in the right direction and that we keep this chanting up, that's why it's Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya and constantly in, immersing ourselves in, in, in Hari Katha and in Bhagavat Katha. Um, as long as we keep purifying, then eventually um, we're going to have profound spiritual revelation. Profound. I'm unimaginable mystic experiences. I mean, that's our objective. And we're we're going to begin those mystic experiences by seeing in and experiencing in the discourse of sadhus the glimmer in their eyes. The guru really is experiencing something here when he's speaking. He's speaking at a level... I may not be able to even understand the words he's saying, but I can see that he's a man of spiritual experience. So we see that in the guru, and then we, we ourselves, as, as we progress in cleansing our heart in his good association, we eventually can begin to enter into more and more profound revelation in regards to the leela. And 
eventually the, the Leela becomes mystic. We can't put the book down. We can't give up our daily reading of the, of the Bhagavatam. We have to have it. Without it, we die. Without our chanting, it's, life is not worth living. We'll come to that stage. It will, it will gradually come upon us that this is, this is all that life's about for me. Everything else, it's the chore of going from the beginning to the, through the middle and through the end. But how many ever lifetime it, it takes, this chanting and this hearing of Krishna Leela is there. And eventually we'll enter into the, into the Leela through the literatures and through the discourse of the sadhus. And then we'll be invited into the Leela when Krishna manifests his Prakat Leela within a material universe, coming to a universe near you, maybe this universe. Hopefully you don't have to wait for another day of Brahma. That's a long way away. So coming to a universe near you <laughs> would be more hopeful for us, I would think. But whatever. Time is a very relative thing. And before I enter into the night's class, I'll share something with you in that regard. I'm reading... Uh, you know, Uddhava went to Vrindavan and schooled in the in the in the, uh, the depth of the love of the gopis, and he got to see, he got to hear Radha's prayers to the bumblebee or chastisement of the bumblebee, and, and there's one little thing, there's one little thing that's brought out there that actually, in conveying the message from Krishna through Uddhava to the gopis. And I can only say that definitely when time allows, take time to read Vishwanath's commentary on, you know, the, 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 bum, the song of the bumblebee. It's phenomenal. He, he takes simple verses there and he goes into multi-page discourses between Radha and Krishna he so he has some insight and it's it's phenomenal what he conveys there but at one point after coming to the end of the chapter he points out that actually Uddhava in conveying the message to the gopis, Vishwanath says there that actually at one point an analogy was given that Krishna is saying to the gopis, close your eyes, just as the gopas close their eyes in the midst of the forest fire. Close your eyes also, and you'll see that I'm I'm there with you. And Vishwanath points out there that they, they followed Uddhava's direction as if it was coming directly from Krishna who was saying do this as the gopas had done it. And the Lord's Leela Shakti 
compressed millions of days of Brahma into that one instant. And the gopis and Krishna entered into Leela within that instant that they closed their eyes and they had they were completely relieved of all sense of separation. So I can only say enter into these commentaries of Vishwanath and the uh, Brahmara portion of the Bhagavat. They are they're just well they're they're mystical revelation beyond imagination. It's some of the longest commentaries that Vishwanath gives in the whole tenth canto uh, tika that he's given us. So time is not exactly time is not a limitation for Krishna and Krishna's devotees in any way. I mean, one moment you can close your eyes and in that moment millions of days of Brahma can be enjoyed in Rasa Leela with Krishna. Sixty-fourth Anucheta of Jiva Goswami and he's going to bring out a couple points here. And one of the main points that he's going to bring out is at the dawn of creation, when Brahma followed that unembodied voice from the sky and engaged in Tapa for, uh, uh, well, it's different commentators, different years, a hundred years, a thousand years, a long time. <laughs> he, he meditated and uh, the med- meditation entered up in ended up with him having an internal vision or darshan with the Lord. Now, some feel that the darshan that Brahma had was with a manifestation of Vishnu. So, what Jiva Goswami wants to show us through his Krishna Sandarbha in this 64th Aducheta is, no, he had... He had darshan with Krishna directly. And he's going to support that with a few statements. So he begins as follows. In a similar manner, in a similar manner as he's shown that other narrations refer to Krishna. In a similar manner, the Bhagavad, who is the speaker of the four seed verses... Now remember, the four seed verses, the Chatur Sloki of the Srimad Bhagavatam are four verses that Krishna spoke directly to Brahma. And if you were to unpack those four verses, you would have the 18,000 verse Bhagavat Purana, Srimad Bhagavatam, which is our primary uh, literature. So, from four verses, a little unpacking, uh, like the introduction to a class by Swami. Sometimes the introduction becomes the whole class, so you can see some unpacking is interesting at times. It 
takes a lot of time to unfluff it and all of a sudden your time's up and you haven't got there yet. But that's okay. The unfluffing, the unfluffing is part of the, you know, the, the nectarine discourse coming from the sadhu. So, the Bhagavan, who is the speaker of the four seed verses of the Bhagavat Purana, is indeed Sri Krishna. This can be understood from the following statement, which serves as a prelude to these those verses. So first he's going to quote a verse that's an introductory verse to the Chatur Sloki uh, from the second canto, ninth chapter. There, in Vaikuntha, Sri Bhama beheld the omnipotent Lord Vibhu, the protector of the Sattvatas, the husband of the goddess of fortune Sri, the master of sacrifice and the lord of the cosmos, who was being served by his chief personal attendants headed by Sunanda, Nanda, Prabhala, and Arhana. It's important that we understand that Lord Sri Krishna, Swayam Bhagavan, he sports in his original form in three places with his eternal associates in his original form. There are some distinctions between the forms in the three locations, but they're all Lord Sri Krishna. And you may hear different things like Krishna lever leaves Vrindavan. Well, that's a specific manifestation of Krishna. Krishna sometimes has two arms. Krishna sometimes has four arms. But that is Lord Sri Krishna. So he sports in all three of these transcendental domains. He sports in uh, Vrindavan. He sports in Mathura. And he sports in Dwarka. And associated, he travels out from there a little bit in his Leela. It's manifestly, at least. So, um, it's important to keep that in mind. Um, now, what we know is in Vrindavan, his he displays the most intimate of his pastimes. And in order for his associates there to fully relish the highest taste of rasa in that domain of Vrindavan, uh, we, we would say Gokula. Again, nomenclature is used differently by different acharyas. What I've come to see is most satisfying for me in reading the works of our acharyas in our line is when we refer to when we refer to um, Gokula that we can re, that we can understand as being the core center of of Raj Lila. So both. Well, again. There's no distinction between the two. And then when, when the Acharyas use the term Galoka, 
then that that can spread out and in the outskirts of Galoka, there can be some appreciation of the Lord's. It's not that they're not appreciated, but there can be some awareness of the Lord's various uh, potencies, his opulences. And then as we go then to Mithura and also to Dwarka, then he's seen more as the personality of Godhead as opposed to my lover, my friend, my son, and I'm the servant of, of, of uh, you know, even the servitude in Raj is, is not seen with much. It's seen with some reverence, but not reverence that Krishna is God. Because the Krishna God is God concept kind of covers over the sweetness. So, um, so even here when we read this, we can understand still we're talking of Krishna, but we may be of talking more of Krishna where Aishvarya is prominent in some of these verses. So the prominence of Aishvarya is covered more in the Leela of what we would say uh, Gokula. And then in Galoka, a little less. And then uh, the least amount in direct direct manifestations of Krishna himself in Mathura and in Dwarka. So first verse is um, the lead up to the Chatur Sloki. And this verse, and Jiva is saying, if we see this verse in the proper context, then this word sattvatas, by the use of the word sattvatas here, we have to see that it's Krishna. Now sometimes the term sattvatas can be referred to as any of the associates of the Lord. But because in this verse we also see the names of his personal associates, Nanda, Sunanda, Prabhala, Arhana, then we, we have to know that this is referring to Swayam Bhagavan Sri Krishna. Does that make sense? We're talking about... So, it's not... This is not... We're not talking about Vishnu here. We're talking about... You know, the verse is not talking and referring to Vishnu. So that's the first little evidence that, that Jeeva's giving. And he goes on. In this verse, the word Sattvatam refers to the heroes of the Yadu clan. And hence the phrase, Akila Sattvatam Pati, means the Lord or protector of all the Yadu heroes, i.e. Sri Krishna. This interpretation is validated by its corresponding with the following verse, also spoken by Sri Sukha in the second canto. So, this is Jiva's Goswami's approach. He takes us. He 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 wants to show us that Krishna is the one that spoke the Chatur Sloki. So let's begin even before he speaks the verses, and let me show you. This is the Krishna we're talking about. Now it may seem to us that this is just like, okay, what what, you know, we get it, but no, this this is. Very significant, 
this pounding of the post, this reinforcement from all angles of vision is significant in fortifying the heart of our devotion in Lord Krishna. So, Guru Maharaj says, and he's, he's said to people that come to my classes, this, you know, on, on the uh, Sandarbas, this is terse. This is, seems like it's, this is, wow, this is like really scriptural, you know, really getting into the, it, I know, all I want to do is get in the car and go. I don't need to know how to put in a spark plug, how to change the oil, making sure the transmission fluids make sure the brakes work and understanding that there might be a, you know air in the in the line i don't need to know all that but we do it helps us so you know i i'll try to spice it up as much as i can but this this is G, this is what jeeva's doing he's he's getting into the the nuts and bolts of the of the heart of the matter and he's scripturally fortifying everything that he is presenting to us. And it, 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 as we continue to go deeper and deeper, it's going to become more and more relishable for us. Uh, we've already gone through three and a half Sandarbas of Jiva. It's only going to get better from here. From here we go into... You know, at the end of this, we're talking about the gopis, we're talking about the Christian's associates, we're talking about all of his different, where he, all of his different uh, abodes, and then we go into the bhakti sandarbha, and then we go into the preeti sandarbha, how do you love Krishna? Well, you've already know. now you know who Krishna is. Now you know, you know, that Krishna spoke the, spoke the verses to Brahma, not some manifestation coming from him, you know, of, of Vishnu, it was Krishna himself personally. And therefore, then the Brahma Vimohan Leela becomes much more significant when we're able to understand it and fortify our knowledge of it. And if we can't fortify the knowledge of it, well, at least we've heard the knowledge of it. And we've heard Jiva tell us, and this is this, and this is fortified by that. So now let's go on with some more fortification here. I just had a question because you did mention the associates of Krishna, Ru and but I thought those some of those names sound like the associates of Narayan. Okay. I mean. Yeah, they do, but they're also there in Dwarka. Hmm. Nanda, Sunanda. Hmm. So these are also a source associates in Dwarka. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That's not more Okay, good. All right, so Krishna's, this word sattvata in the context of the verse is meaning that he is what? He's the, he's the protector of the yadus. Well, there, there's no yadus in Vaikuntha. So there's Jiva's response. Yeah, there may be associates with, with the same names of Narayan, but the associates of Krishna, they may have the same names, but they're... And then when we get into all that and we see that the demigods are there, 
in Vraj and the demigods are in Vaikuntha and they have the same names but they function differently. I mean in the material world they 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 are material demigods and the spirit in the transcendental realm they're still demigods there but they're all transcendental. So yeah. Names the names may be the same, but they're different people. <laughs> or we could say that they're different manifestations of the same internal associates, which is a better way to look at it because the more we study, we'll find out that Krishna's not the only one that has unlimited expansions. His devotees also have many, many expansions and serve him in all his different manifestations. This interpretation is validated by its correspondence with the following verse also spoken by Sukha. May Bhagavan, who is the husband of Sri, the goddess of beauty, the master of sacrifice, the lord of all created beings, the ruler of all intellects, the overseer of the universe, and the sustainer of the earth, the protector and refuge of the Andakas, Vrishnis, and Sattvatas, and the support of the devotees, please be gracious to me. This is exciting. I mean, really, if you think about it, it's... Did they said that as his prayer? Uh, this is Sukha. Yes. Dave. So again, referring to Bhagavan, and this Bhagavan is specifically Lord Sri Krishna, Swayam Bhagavan. From this reasoning, reasoning, Jiva continues, it is concluded that the omnipotent Lord Vibhu, whom Brahma beheld and who subsequently revealed to him the Bhagavat's four seed verses is Sri Krishna. This understanding also accords with Sri Krishna's own statement to Uddhava in the third canto. So you can see the pieces of the puzzle were coming together as Jiva is showing. Oh, and listen to this verse that Krishna spoke to Uddhava. Previously at the dawn of creation, he's speaking to Uddhava, that supreme knowledge which reveals my glory and which great sages call the Srimad Bhagavat was spoken by me to the unborn Brahma who was seated on the lotus that had sprung from my navel. Well, wait, he said sprung from his navel. That was Garbhadakshai Vishnu. No, this is Krishna speaking to Uddhava. So when he speaks like this, we have to be able to reconcile everything. What does that mean? Well, did Garbhodakshai Vishnu anywhere in any Shastra speak to Uddhava? We don't see that, but we know Krishna spoke to Uddhava. So therefore, when Krishna's talking like this to Uddhava, of course, the lotus sprang from his navel, although it was through some other manifestation, but that manifestation, he doesn't see a distinction between himself and his various manifestations. Now, we do, from our perspective, we don't put Garbhodakshai Vishnu on the same platform as, as we do Krishna or Narayan. It's a different manifestation with a different functionality. But for Krishna, 
these are all my, this is all my energy. This is all me. It's all coming from me. So from Krishna's viewpoint, yeah, the lotus came from his belly button, you know. But from our viewpoint, we could say, well, that, we could, you know, yeah, that, why is he speaking like that? Why didn't he say, through my manifestation as, uh, you know, Karnadakshai Vishnu and then Karnadakshai Vishnu and Garbodakshai Vishnu in each individual. He doesn't need to go through that with Uddhava. Uddhava is the most schooled scholar of Shastra. Uddhava knows all this. So when Krishna says, Brahma spouts from me, Uddhava knows all the details of how that happens. So we also need to know and have at our disposal that spiritual knowledge. It serves us well. So when Krishna speaks like that to us, we'll know what he's talking about. We won't, wait a minute, I thought that was Garbhodakshai Vishnu, not you. What, wait a minute, you know. Okay, back down to the school of, <laughs> you're not ready yet. <laughs> All right. Then Jiva goes on. The Gopal Tapani Upanishad also confirms that it was Krishna himself who instructed Brahma as in the following verse. And now Jiva quotes from the Gopal Tapani Upanishad. A person aspiring for liberation should take shelter of that supreme Dave, Deva who illuminated the self and the intellect, who brought forth Brahma at the beginning of the creation and who, as Sri Krishna, imparted knowledge unto him. You can see Jiva's, Jiva's building his, his, his support here. There's not going to be much room, wiggle room to say, whoa, 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 wait, it could have been this or it could have been, no. There's not going to be any wiggle room left. That it was Krishna who spoke the Bhagavat to Brahma is confirmed by the fact that according to the following statement of Gopal Tapati Upanishad itself, in some particular kalpa, Sri Krishna displayed his very own cowherd form to Brahma at the onset of creation. So, some more knowledge here. Not sometimes, in some really um, fantastic revelation, Brahma actually sees Gopal Krishna, Krishna in his cowherd vesh at the dawn of creation, as stated in the Gopal Tapani Upanishad. In some kalpas, not in all kalpas, but once in a while, Brahma will get to see Krishna there with him. In his internal, remember, this is an internal darshan that Brahma has at the dawn of creation. So he, he enters into uh, Samadhi, it's not like Krishna jumps up on the lotus and says, you know, with his cows. And, you know, but he, he actually gets to enter into a, a have, have darshan of the Lord internally. And sometimes the Lord manifests to him internally in his cowherd vesh as Gopal. So that's stated in the Gopal Tapati Upanishad as follows. He, Brahma, replied, 
O Brahmana, Sanaka, and so on, during the first half of my life I meditated upon him and raised him and praised him constantly. Then at the end of the Parada, after 50 years of Brahma's life, at the end of his night, that supreme Purusha awoke from his sleep of supercognitive super absorption, Yoga Nidra, and appeared before me as a cowherd boy. I'm not sure exactly how Jiva's tying this verse into the fact that sometimes Krishna sees, experiences, you know, Gopal Krishna at the dawn of creation, because the verse is actually talking about at the end of 50 years of Brahma's life in some kalpa. But somehow or other he's doing that. The same conclusion, and he goes on, that Krishna spoke the Bhagavat to Brahma is also verified by the fact that his abode will be established later in Anucheta 106 as Mahavaikuntha, the Vaikuntha wherein Brahma beheld the omnipotent Lord Vibhu. Jiva Goswami continues by now taking us to the Brahma Samhita. Similarly, in the Brahma Samhita is said, Then Brahma, the four-faced receptacle of the four Vedas, appeared there on the lotus sprouted from the navel of Bhagavan, coming into existence and being impelled by his destiny, by the potency of Bhagavan, he focused his mind on the intent to create according to the past impressions stored in his unconsciousness. In that moment, however, he perceived only darkness all around and nothing else. What a, wait, he has a creative impulse, but he's all dressed up. But where do I go? Where's the ingredients? I know I, I have some sense of the, of the necessity to create, and that's my purpose. But I just can't put it together. So we can imagine Brahma's kind of like fully fully there, but he's he just he just can't it's the dawn of creation and he has a real sense of his purpose but, but he just doesn't know how to proceed. Suddenly Bhagavan's divine voice spoke, addressing him, Receive now this mantra. It consists of the seed word of the mantra Kim Bij followed by Krishnaya, Govindaya, and Gopijanavalavaya, and terminating with the word Swaha, literally Vani Priya, the wife of the fire god Agni, who is named Swaha. This mantra will grant whatever you cherish as most dear. Through meditation, the Brahma Samhita continues, on this mantra, being now engaged in penance, in penance be now engaged. By doing so, your perfection will come to be. Thereafter, Brahma engaged in penance for a very long time, delighting the imperishable Govinda. Jiva explains a little of this. In regards to the phrase, Sunanda Nanda Prabhalar Hanadi Bij, 
from the principal verse under discussion, Nanda, Sunanda, so those, those different personalities were there, it is to be known that during Krishna's appearance at Dwarka, Prabhala and other personal attendants were present along with Sunanda and Nanda, whose names have been mentioned in that context, as stated in the first canto. And what of the other chief sattvatas headed by Sunanda and Nanda? That's a quote. And what of the other chief sattvatas headed by Sunanda and Nanda? That's from the 14th chapter of the first canto. What, need, what more need be said? Jiva continues, in spite of the existence of innumerable avatars and avatares, it is seen right from the beginning of this great Purana, Sri Bhagavat, that the aim of Sri Sonika and the other sages was fixed exclusively on Sri Krishna. In this regard, they all remarked, paraphrasing their words from Srimad Bhagavatam 9 through 11. So now we're getting an introduction to the next Anuchedas. In the next Anuchedas, Jiva Goswami is going to look to those introductory questions that, that come at the very beginning of the Bhagavat Purana, the first questions uh, posed by the, the sages to, um, to Sutta, Sunaka speaking on behalf of the sages, posed questions, six questions. And now Jiva's going to show all six of those questions, which were answered in the whole of the Bhagavat, were about Krishna. Krishna stu Bhagavan Swayam. Not about any other manifestation of the Supreme, but about Krishna. So now he's entering into an introduction to the next Anuchetas here. Although we have just inquired in a general way about the ultimate welfare, that was the first question. What's the best thing for humanity? That's, that's what they say. What's the best thing today, tomorrow, and at all time for everybody in human society? What's, what is the best thing? The essence of all scriptures, what's the best scripture? And the cause of the supreme fulfillment of the self. Yet all of this indeed you can disclose to us simply by narrating the divine Leela of Sri Krishna. So no need to get into all the... If you just tell us the Leela of Krishna... That will answer it all. So the sages know, they, they already know, this is, where, this is where their questions are heading. So if you speak to us Krishna Leela in your discourse, you're going to cover everything because that is the topmost gift that can be given to human society. With this intention, Sunaka Rishi declared in the very next verse, this is, this is extraordinary. There, we don't see very often that the student will bless the teacher. That's not, that's a little out of the ordinary. But Sunaka, he says, O Sutta, may you be blessed with all auspiciousness, 
you know with what intent Bhagavan Sri Krishna, the protector of the Sattvatas, appeared from Devaki, the wife, wife of Vasudeva. And he closes, Jiva does, with the following paragraph in this Anucheda. The benediction, he's speaking, now he's explaining what what basically, what is this benediction a student is giving to the master? You know, it's may you be blessed with all auspiciousness, Badram Te, is expressed because of the enthusiasm that arose in connection with the question regarding Sri Krishna's Leela. He couldn't contain himself. He had to bless the speaker. It's like, <laughs> you are blessed. And if I have any blessings, I'm going to give them to you because you're going to relay to us Krishna Leela. So, yes, he misspoke. Something you generally don't do is say, oh, Guru Maharaj, please accept my blessings. I mean, I don't think you're going to be doing that. But maybe if you're over-enthusiastic and he's going to talk about something you really want to hear, you're going to bless him that I bless you that now let's get on with the Leli because I know you're going to give me the essence, the sweetest of the sweet in your discourse. The word Bhagavan here refers to the original avatari himself, Krishna, who is self-endowed with complete majesty, Purna Ashvarya. He is the master of the Sattvatas, or in other words, of the Yadavas. The correct form of the word should have been Sattvatanam instead of Sattvatam. Jiva's a little bit like, sometimes we'll see this, that one Acharya will say, well, in my opinion, the Sanskrit Bhagavat verse might have been better stated with this word instead of that word. But then they'll sometimes backtrack and say, but for keeping the, the, the uh, uh, rhythm of the poetry, it's okay. But technically, and that's what Jeeva's speaking here, technically, better the word... <clears throat> Satvatam would have been used. The absence of the Nut Agama, above my pay grade, don't ask, <laughs> is an archaic usage. Arsa. So in other words, the fact that the other word was used is because it's an archaic form of the usage coming forward in Sanskrit. Jiva's in a more modern time coming 4,500 years after Sunaka and his speaking to um, Sudha Goswami and posing his questions. The word jata, took birth, means he became visible to the world. So in this way, Jiva has given us some idea of the fact that these four verses were spoken by Krishna. He's reinforced that by showing us in various ways through the Upanishads, specifically the Gopal Tapani Upanishad, through the Bhagavat Purana, through other statements in the Bhagavat Purana where Krishna himself told Uddhava that he spoke to Brahma and Brahma told somebody else that Krishna spoke to me that it was Krishna. And there you have it.
Any questions? So the next class we will continue and get into the opening questions by the sages. And again, Jiva's, Jiva will, during those anuchetas, point out that the those inquiries were specifically about Krishna. And we can see just from the way that, that he led into it at the, the end of this anucheta that it was Krishna's Leela that they really wanted to hear. And Jiva's going to show us that. So since that's the beginning of the Bhagavatam and the questions of the sages, we can naturally assume that the whole of the Bhagavatam is speaking about Lord Sri Krishna. And thus, we need to see the whole Bhagavatam in the light of the Parivas Sutra. <clears throat>